Action! What did you say again? What? Whenever you did it. Uh, I don't remember. I'll have to oh. listen back. Okay. We can check and post. Should we? We should do a review of our previous podcast for this podcast. <laughs> I love that idea. That's I amazing. I think people would love that. I bet you guys would never be able to guess. You get one guess about what I did last night. Wrestled some dudes. I learned a couple. I actually didn't learn anything, but no, I didn't wrestle any dudes. You learned a couple, but you didn't. <laughs> well, I was going to say I learned a couple moves, but I didn't learn a couple moves. I just talked to Sam about learning moves. You were watching WWE, so you learned a couple moves. No. Sunday night. No. Smackdown. Wait, wait, no, this is Monday night. I saw the new Spider-Man. Oh, really? Wow. Like three months, four months late. I thought you'd uh, already seen it. I did. I saw it for the second time. Oh. <laughs> With whom? Uh, our fellow co-worker, Elijah Kent Knapp. And I didn't like it as much as the first time. Oh. Yeah. That I, makes sense. Like for every movie. I almost. don't know. Uh, we'll give a spoiler alert. Uh, why not? Well, well, I didn't check out this time. Just, I, it's just a kids' movie, and that's totally fine. But just like cheese level and plot holes galore. Like, I just don't like any of the Doctor Strange stuff. Just like I, his motivations don't make sense. Yeah, and like the the whole linchpin of the movie is like a whoopsie spell. Mm. Like that was like obviously kind of poor acting too. That was just a pretty bad scene, and I don't know. But I mean. They did all that to get what they got together, and that was the fun part. And I know that that's the idea they started with, and they probably were just like, how do we make this a reality to yeah. have this? Yeah, but, you know, whatever. It was still fun. Ross, have you seen it? I have seen it. And you were just like... Movie? Movie, yes. Yeah, like I you. was enjoying it. Uh, I paid attention the whole time. It was long, too. Yeah, like, yeah. But I... Every time you talk about Marvel movies, Ethan, I just, I don't get it. I don't get, like, your critical eye. Because I just, I whenever I watch a Marvel movie, I'm just like, this is entertainment. And I don't it's care. Like, like, I know it's, I know it's not the best acting or whatever. But uh, It's not, it's just, there's moments of good acting and there's moments of good story. So when there's not, I'm like, you're getting the best of the best together why not just like think about the plot a little more because you're investing so much in visual effects and sound and mixing and everything i'm like can we just think about the dialogue and the right like a lot of the dialogue's great and hilarious like why can't you just tighten up in a couple like plot line points i don't know and and there's some that are good, like even the first, you know, Tobey Maguire Spider Man. So it's like those are just classic good movies. Maybe it's just because I'm a kid and now I'm not a kid, and I'm watching Spider Man. Hmm. But new Batman, I'm super excited for. I'll say that. Got my tickets. You already got your tickets. Where yeah. are you seeing it? AMC. I'm I'm officially an A lister. I, I pulled the trigger Seriously? a couple weeks ago. You want to mention our new sponsor, AMC A List? This podcast is sponsored by AMC A List. I wonder if that's illegal to like 
Like that's a bit for us on this podcast. Fake a sponsor? Like, yeah, like faking sponsors. I think if we were doing some like bad stuff on here, someone might get mad. Mm-hmm. But this is really pure content. Yeah. Like innocent stuff. Uh, yeah, so I finally pulled the the trigger on it. And I I also saw a bad Tom Holland movie this past weekend. Uncharted? Yeah. Dude, did you ever play the video game? No. It's a great video game. Mm. Shout out Kobe. That was his favorite video game. We played it at his house on his PlayStation 3. Cool. cool. Oh. Yeah. Your best friend? Yeah, my personal best friend. Kobe. I think I've I've watched some of those YouTube videos that are like uncharted story in its entirety. Oh. Like years ago, so I kind of knew some of the stuff around it. Um, but I've having this A-list thing and paying, I mean, $25 a month for it a piece for me Michaela. I think it's $22. A piece, so $44 a month. We have like a $50 entertainment budget, so we kind of just funneled it all towards that. Um, But it's kind of making me view going to the movies in a different light. Like I I probably never would have even watched that movie Mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. But we weren't doing anything, and we essentially said, let's just go see this in like Dolby. Mm-hmm. Just to like hear a loud movie, sure. And it has a really bad rating. It wasn't as bad as the rating. I think it has like a thirty six on Rotten Tomatoes. Dude, it's got Wahlberg, it, but it's just an action movie. There's, yeah, it's ridiculous action, but it was fine. Yeah, like the trailer has the scene of him like he's outside of an airplane, like jumping on cargo boxes to get back in. Yeah. That's very much like the video game, mm-hmm. but then you're like transpose that to movie, and you're like, "What the heck? What is this thing?" Yeah. How was Mark Wahlberg though? Final question about Uncharted. I mean, Sully, he, right? That was his character. Yeah, he hasn't aged a day. Mm. Looks great. Still jumping around like a maniac. There was a lot of like your old Mark Wahlberg, your old Sully jokes in there. Or, like, them making short jokes to each other because they're both really short. Yeah. That's kind of just, like... Can you look up their height? Or do you know it off the top of your head? Any guesses? Five, six, nine. Five, eight for Wahlberg. Five, seven for Tom Holland. Dang, son. They're both absolutely shredded. Yeah, for sure. Hats off to them. Yeah, good job in the gym, boys. Yeah. It's been a week since we've uh, been on the show. Yeah, sorry about the week off. A week? Well, sorry, two weeks. I right? guess one and a half, right? Because we did the Bellwood Boys towards uh, the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been longer Too long. than It's been longer than normal. And uh, what what were we doing? Why did we miss the show, boys? Do you not remember? I blacked out. <laughs> The whole, I, the whole week, I can't remember a single yeah. second of it. I kind of blacked out, too, to be honest. What did we do? You it felt like it? a total blur. This past week, the three of us started a contracting company. We did? Called Valor Coffee Contracting, LLC. And company. But we file as an S-Corp. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. We did not uh, register with the state. Sorry, state of Georgia. 
because we were doing work for our own company, Valor Coffee LLC. Ah. Uh, and we renovated our cafe. Mm-hmm. Not a complete renovation, but oh, it looks great. It does Big look facelift. Great. We tiled uh, our backsplash because when we started the business, we couldn't afford tile. So we used FRP. Anyone know what FRP stands for off the top of their head? On the Futurist Freelance Podcast, we believe freelancing is the future of life, work, and everything. So whether you're brand new to working independently or you're a seasoned pro, we'd love you to listen. Every episode unpacks new ideas on how to make your future freelance. Whether you need to achieve business minimalism, survive a solopreneur crisis, or find the right digital nomad visa and community, we've got you covered. Alongside actionable insight on everything from finding gigs to outsourcing support services, even mastering TikTok with no dancing required. Subscribe to The Futurist Freelance on your favorite podcasting app via the link in your show notes. Do you think it's just a long plastic word like fexaline repotable poly? I do. What? Oh, fiberglass reinforced plastic. Wow. Oh. That's not that hard. Um, so when we started, all we could afford was FRP. And if you've ever been to our cafe, you have definitely seen it. You've seen how our pit crew writes all over it with Expo markers. They did make the most of it with the whiteboard capabilities. For sure. And guests loved it, you know. And on during Valentine's Day, we were able to write what we love. The mm-hmm. first of the year, our word of the year Matcha Madness last year Ooh. went crazy. Mental. So it, it had its pros, but it had one big con, and that it was ugly as butt. <laughs> it sounded, it was like a fart. Yeah, it like, was a constant. <laughs> it looked yeah. like a fart smelled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So we were faced with an interesting dilemma, and it's that once you put FRP up, it doesn't come down. You can't take it down. <laughs> so what we did in all of our prowess, what do you call it? Prowess, yes. Prowess? How do you, how do you say it? Prowess? Prowess is a, is a word, but how are you using it? Finish the sentence and we'll tell you if it's right. In our prowess, we came up with a great idea. Our savvy. I'm, I'm trying to use it as I would savvy. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I think savvy's great. Okay. Sure. Our, our savviness. So we buy frugality. No. I mean, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Proud sav- savvy. Proud savvy. Let's keep yeah. it moving, boys. Come on. <laughs> Welcome to the grammar podcast. Uh, we threw up new pieces of drywall on top of the frp all the people got to see that for one day oh yeah it was gorgeous green looked good ross mudded it comment below if you came in while we were renovating fixed the seams let's just give a big shout out to ross ross did a lot of renovations on his house and uh learned from his pop-in-law mm-hmm 
good old Timmy P. Let's give it up for Timmy P. Timmy P. <laughs> Big listener. Yeah. Tim, Big thanks for listening to the podcast. The um, so we threw that stuff up. We tiled up to our shelf, extended the shelf, and then above the shelf, now it's not ugly, reflective FRP. It's just white. And then up at the top where the drywall protrudes before it meets the regressed drywall, mm. we put another shelf. We're going to put little nicky knacks up Nicker there. Knacks. And, uh, yeah. We'll probably, you think we'll paint Valor on the wall? Well, I would really love to hear from the guests from of the po- podcast, the, the yes. listeners, uh, what they think. Yeah. Um, what should we do up there? Where I guess the initial thought is that we paint our new Valor logo there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just big Valor. But, I mean, I guess we could also do our new icon. Mm-hmm. Right. Which you will all see in a couple weeks. Um, a, a, a big neon sign of our icon could be really cool. Yeah. I was also thinking that little phrase we picked up since the beginning of an absolute treat would be nice because the your canvas is kind of wide mm-hmm. it's not it's our, our our icon is a little bit more vertically gifted whereas in like a phrase or a word is it's going to be more horizontally gifted but that like poly sans font for an absolute treat i just don't know how like special that would look Versus like a more fluid. psychedelic, wavy, like this kind of seventies <laughs> vintage <laughs> kind of vibe. Yeah, time will tell. Yes, it will. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. Yeah, in in the comments. Um, Can you comment on like different podcast platforms? Maybe there's one that I don't know of, but I've never seen it. You can leave a review. Which is your own personal platform to say whatever the H you want. Everyone leave a five-star review with what we should put on the wall. <laughs> have uh, we ever, have we received a review on We have, this? yeah. I think on Spotify we have like 12 five-star reviews. Keep them coming. More, Lord. Yeah, so uh, something I didn't think about, we're getting an overhead menu. We could have totally just made a menu back there on the wall well it's kind of far from are you talking about in that empty space i mean in the empty space or just like on the wall straight back it's pretty far away it's pretty far we might have that we i think we would just really exacerbate that problem of people walking past surge yeah, uh, true. that's true they'd head head for the menu mm-hmm. um you That's know. one of our biggest failures, I would say. Surge placement? Yeah. But, I mean, how, how else would you do it? That was my next question. Yeah, how do you even format a bar space in that besides what we have cooking? For those listening, especially those who haven't been to our cafe, whenever you come into our cafe, our point of sale is very close to the door. And when we were designing the space, it was very intentional. And we were thinking... You know, we want to be as close to the door as possible where we can see everyone who's walking in. We can greet them immediately. Uh, they'll come straight to us. 
But in reality, people just dart through that thing and head straight to the espresso machine, which is further back in the space. Then we have to say, oh, I'm so sorry. If you could just head right up to the front. Uh, Our owners didn't know how to lay out a space. I'm sorry. (laughs) Also, a, a conundrum in that, too, is that we really try to greet everyone that comes into the space. But the person taking the orders mm. is typically in a conversation, so that responsibility is on the, <laughs> the backs of the production team who are in the back of the space. And so they'll like wave and say, hey, welcome in. And then someone will see that and start walking towards them. And then they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I was just welcoming you to the space. You'll have to go back to the front. And I'm like, it's still worth it, but that's hard. Let us know what we should yeah. do in the comments below about all of our problems. Yeah, leave a five-star review letting us know what we should do. And speaking of doing, one of the best things that we could do on this podcast today is talk about uh, core values and Ooh. the in- importance thereof uh, for any business. This has been a uh, really huge part of our whole philosophy behind our business is having these things called core values. Mm. And uh, I mean, would you boys want to talk about that a little bit? I have one thing I wanted to talk about beforehand Yeah, that we could use as an example of how to integrate core values into decision-making. Mm. This is pretty hypothetical, but also somewhat realistic to uh our lives are you ready Shoot. yes uh i met with a general contractor friday um <laughs> i had it we had we went to lunch and i got a beer and i was like is this allowed in the end well, i just i had already had lunch so i got like a salad and a beer and then he paid for it and i was like i wonder if he feels bad that his company just bought me a beer did he get a beer no (laughs) that's we went to a place that like is a beer spot so i was like i don't even like beer that much but where'd you go butcher and brew oh okay don't you feel like you must get a beer yeah like i have to get one of their world famous beers (laughs) i mean i don't feel that way necessarily like you don't feel like that's weird no i don't feel that like that's weird at all great all right whatever uh, I just thought it was funny when I got a beer and he didn't get a beer. And I was like, cheers to it being 1230. I'm going to get six more of these. Did you make now. a joke about it at least? No. no you just <laughs> took it down. You're just like, this is normal. We, we do this yeah, as we, people. I drink beer all the time. What so. beer was it? I asked for one. They didn't have it. And they're like, we can give you something comparable. And I was like, okay. Check, please. Check, please. For this guy. Yeah. Hey. Put the checks on him. That was it was a really odd experience to get like taken out to lunch by someone seeking our business. I was like, "Am I getting wined and dined?" Get used to this. Yeah, I get getting, some client golf going. I know. I was tell, like, "Tell them next meetings on the course." Yeah, I'll see you on the course <laughs> the on, the, on the fairways. The fairways, fairway social. Um, so we're talking. We're talking. I'm talking about like our the new space that we're trying to cook up. Yeah, we're talking. All right. I'm like, yeah, words. And he's like, sentences and punctuation. Uh, and I was like, yeah, we we're thinking since th- this space, the potential space is bigger, we would want to do more of like an island concept 
with like independent stations or bars. And he was like, oh man, running the electrical is going to be really challenging. Either you're going to have to send it all up through like columns or, or uh, down through a platform. Like we could build a platform for the bars. Why can't it go through the like concrete in a conduit? I didn't ask, but that was mine. You didn't bring up the concrete conduit? I didn't mention the concrete conduit, and I was like, I, would, I don't know why I didn't. But uh, I think probably that was just going to be really expensive to take all that concrete. Because you'd, you'd have to do all of it. Does that make sense? No. Like anywhere? Anywhere the electrical runs. Yeah. Well... That that this is a that's a sub point. No, I think we should deliberate on this okay. a little bit. Go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. Uh but yeah, he was like platform and I was like, huh. Like would it how does this hit our brand and culture if we were like six inches off the ground? You know, because I've heard some people there's some chatter about there of like we think the the whole service station should be like higher up so that you're viewed as like an expert. And you're like looking down at guests <laughs> and like you're respected. And I've also heard like, I've honestly heard the opposite where like people wanted to like put the service area in like almost like a well kind of thing. Mm. So mm. it's like a lot more approachable and mm-hmm. like you see everything that's going on. Um, and I was like, I, this is funny because we're just talking about construction, but the end result could drastically affect like the culture of the space and like the the you know for lack of a better word vibe of the space and I was like huh this really does start to touch core values and we're talking about like how to run electrical right but but it's integrated into like I, I was thinking about our core values and I was like how does this fit in to that Right, suss that out a little bit. Like the, how does a construction decision? How does that, what does that have anything to do with our values? Well, they just there's ripple effects to the decisions you make, um, and so like, say we go for the the platform and everything's like higher up, and what if that that like assumption reigns true that there's this weird like now new power dynamic between guest and pit crew member where there wasn't that even this is a little less core values, but uh, tangential. So we have the point of sale spot and there's a counter in between. And there's even just something about the counter that so it's sounds stupid. There's a physical barrier obviously between, guests and pit crew um but that creates different levels of like emotional barrier whatever you want to call it like mental barriers and in the summer when we were really busy but we also just started doing keg stuff we were able to get drinks out a lot faster so we got a second ipad and we were able to take orders on like a second ipad and start like going through the line and i had the wackiest experiences just like going and standing like, you know, six feet apart. I was <laughs> standing next to a human 
and talking about what they wanted mm-hmm. and like the way that they looked at me and talked to me was very different than because you're like a human not a computer yeah yeah and honestly and i don't know if it was something personal to like my height i'm only six six one on a good day but six foot flat most of the time and just like going and standing next to someone i feel like it just humanizes that relationship a lot and you're like i'm taller than most people that we're ordering and they're like oh whoa like i'm talking to a human mm-hmm. that is right in front of me and all they just want to know what i'm interested in having today it's very less transactional I was like, man, I would love to figure out how to. We we did that. we talked about that in the South Atlanta spot that didn't work out one time about really trying to have like concierge on a corner so that you can almost just like stand next to the bar mm-hmm. instead of having that barrier. Um, and that that worked really well in our catering op- operation For too, sure. out of necessity. Out of necessity, and then realizing, whoa, this is great. I could like touch people while they're ordering. You know give them a little talking to yeah or like, like punch them yeah it's just like punch, like yeah. i what if one of us was just like a notorious sh- like arm puncher like to dude. everyone that walked through the door hey buddy <laughs> we oh, go out of business wow yeah uh sidetrack does that really well mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys are can kind of think of their pos system in your head but uh they always kind of come into the opening Every time I've experienced it, like mm-hmm. of their bar, mm-hmm. um, and like you know, punch in whatever on the POS, and then kind of flip it to you. So they're always standing right beside you rather than across a counter from you. Yeah, and even if it was like if you still had the countertop where the point of sale was, but there was just like no cabinet space i guess like Mm -hmm. you know how you there there would just be like a countertop and then below the countertop there would just be negative space and if you were a customer you could like see the person's legs (laughs) oh sure you know i think that would kind of accomplish the same thing and it would be uh ada compliant ada compliant yeah tf ada compliant tf for sure. I wonder if you if you did this the the model where the POS is in the opening where you can step beside them if that is then ADA compliant because I mean obviously it's necessary and important to have that but it's kind of ugly just like in the front of the bar so that would kind of be like a design pro as well to completely remove that like indention and then mm-hmm. you just have an opening there with the iPad like over there that'd, that'd mm-hmm. be cool I mean in there's clearly something to it. Like, there's a reason that Apple doesn't have uh, POS bars, and that mm. they come and, and stand beside you and, and do that. There's the psych- psychological thing seems proven. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good point. Gave me chills. Whew. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that is just kind of proof of concept of like doing a physical change alters like what you're representing as a company in core values. And so when we're making these kind of decisions, we want to be pushing a certain like narrative or a certain value. And since we have those outlined in our company, we can, when we come to these crossroads of, you know, where do we put the POS or the point of sale, we're going to consider is doing this option A 
is that going to like put empathy into action? Is that going to make uh, or like enforce the value of better together? Is it going going to be a think ahead play, or B is it going to not do that, or is it going to be something different? So that would, I feel like that's uh, kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, and it's just the. It'd be cool for us to kind of talk about how we developed our core values. Um, and I guess, I guess like the, one of the big sort of ways we define mission, vision and values, you know, those are like really used terms, mission, vision and values. It can, they can kind of lose meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, absolutely gold analogy that you just thought of one day off your dome. Um, was if you think about, and we, we say this in our orientation, we've said this so many times, my goodness. Um, if you think about a train, uh, the destination that the train is headed to, you know, where the, the train is going to is the vision. Like we are in motion right now as a business. We are using our energy. We are pointed towards this destination. The purpose mm-hmm. of our business is to, arrive hopefully to this place um that's the vision the values are the train tracks that the train is going on to get to the vision they keep you on the straight and narrow they help you not go towards the left or the right and to where you don't get to your vision and then the mission is the fuel that the train is using to get to the vision and to stay on the values. So the vision is more the, the, wow, the vision, whatever the vision is more of a like long play. This is where we're headed. The mission is like the day to day kind of fuel you use to stay on the tracks and the values are the actual tracks that keep you going. Um, and so specifically zooming in on values, it might be cool to just kind of tell our journey on, you know, we started off um, being pretty influenced by my by the Atlanta Falcons because um, them and all the Arthur Blank family of businesses they are super big on uh, on values. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, their business, even though they're a professional sports team, is not really that different from ours mm-hmm. because you know they have the. Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and they're teaching the people that work there hospitality and execution and efficiency um, and ownership and all these awesome things that you want in your business. And so we were like, okay, well, it's really important to have values, and we want to have them. I wonder what they should be. And we were thinking of all of this before we had employees, which is in one sense kind of a, a hard uh place to be because it's you really really need values whenever you have employees mm-hmm. because you need those employees to kind of get behind what the owners truly care about but it's also a, an advantage to figure out your values before you have employees because what we did is we literally like you know we worked a long day at the cart one day and we stayed after after we closed and Ethan, you wrote this questionnaire of essentially like soul searching, like 
what is it that we truly care about in this business? Mm-hmm. And that's really what a value is. It's like what you value, what mm-hmm. you care about. Um, some people may really, really care about like per- perfect execution for every drink. And so a way you would live out that value is like if you're making a pour over or you're making a latte and you screw up the latte art a little bit like, oh, no, we got to trash it. Like we, we got to start over. You know, like start over at all costs, essentially. Whereas another business, hey Ariel, um, another business might really, really value speed, and so like those two values are different. Mm-hmm. They can coexist, but if you put speed, like you know, speed or like convenience as your core value, your business is going to look a lot different than if you put like you know, I don't know what the word is, but like perfection and excellence as a value. Mm-hmm. So we sat down with these questions and we just said, okay, like forget everything we've been told, forget everything we're supposed to be, forget what other coffee companies are doing. What is it that the three of us actually care about in this business? And that was, I just think back to that conversation a lot. Like that was, I don't even remember what we wrote down. I don't know if we can find those hard copy documents that we printed out for that <laughs> time. But um, that I feel like that really was like a, I don't know, a big moment for us, like an anchoring moment uh, to mm-hmm. like, because your values keep you on track and it, and it propelled us towards our vision. For sure. Um, do you guys remember any like specifics from that time? Because I'm having a hard time remembering as far as like what we said or like what the questions were. You got that questionnaire on your Google Docs or something? <laughs> I can I can look. I should have been looking while you were talking. I was just so enveloped in your speech. So thank you for sharing all that. Oh, certainly. Soitenly. Can you say soitenly? Soitenly. Great. Soitenly. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. I just remember that we it took us a pretty long time to land on our current values. Yes. Um, Because we we have these values and we have service philosophies and some of our values became service philosophies and then were replaced by other values and then values names were changed. And every time we would have a meeting, uh, you would be like, hey, I think we need to just revisit our values (laughs) to the point where it kind of became a bit. Yep. And now every year when we go on our owner's retreat, the first joke is always, yeah, I think that we'll probably just sit down with our values, really <laughs> look at them and kind of tear them apart. Yeah. Uh, but we're in a good spot where we aren't going to change them ever again. That's right. I remember um, on the Cat and Cloud podcast, one of the most memorable things that I, I think Chris Baca said it, he was, he was talking about how... Um, People are, you know, they're starting their business and they're trying to figure out what their core values are. And he was just saying, it's not actually going to help you if I just tell you what our values are mm-hmm. and you just apply them to your own business. But, and it's the reason, the reason he said that is not because like our values are bad or whatever. Like you could, you could take Valor's core values and one for one apply them to your business and it would be fine right but the actual pro to having values is is found in the process of finding your values um i just remember he said that and it 
really stuck with me. And I think it kind of led to this questionnaire that we wrote up. I wonder what, if you can go in the document history and figure out when it was. Um, but yeah, th- there's so much magic in the actual process of finding your values that if you take someone else's values and apply them to your business, it's not actually going to, you're not going to get the most value <laughs> out of, out of having core values. Yeah. I mean, even if we can't find it, I think we can kind of conjure up some questions for some people. Um, like how to get there. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Like I, I think, I think there was some personal questions and I think there were some business questions, mm-hmm. you know, like what, you know, maybe start with, and we learned this one from our good friend, Steve Miller, uh, your life's mantra. I think that's mm. a good place to start. And I like create a mission statement for your life. You yeah. Know, who do you want to be? How do you want to treat people? How do you want to be remembered? Um, I think that would be a really good first step. Yeah. Um, and then it, once you have that, then you can, you know, dig a little deeper, you know, what, you know, what, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want your business to be in five, 10 years, et cetera? How do you want your business to make people feel? Uh, what do you want, you know, the top three comments about your business to be? That's a good one. Uh, you know, or, you know, the, the three words people describe your business as. Um, starting with things like that, very simple things, you can then build backwards into how, and, and then say, how am I going to have that as the end result? Um, you know, for us, we just wanted people to feel loved, seen, heard, cared for. Um, we wanted people to leave, whether consciously or subconsciously, better than they came to where they could go and be a better person to the people that they interact with throughout the rest of the day. Um, we wanted people to feel welcomed and we wanted to offer people good coffee. Um, so with, with those sorts of end ideas, we were able to then come to a place where we said, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Boom, 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 boom. I found it. Awesome. Do you just want me to read them? Can you airdrop it to me and I can put it on the screen? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Why don't you email it? Okay. Do you know so, how to email? Just is the whole document in view on your computer screen right now? No, I can. Um, Why don't you just share share it with me on the yeah. Google Doc? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so bad. You're oh, bad. while I'm you're bad. doing that, I'm quickly I'm going bad. to sh- let people in on our progression of our uh, renovations because we should have shown these pictures earlier. Awesome. Um, so we started with this ugly FRP. Not the guys, the guys, man. That's a great picture. I look amazing, <laughs> look <Sam>. at this. <laughs> Man. That's a good-looking guy. Oh, Sam. Yeah. Woo! Uh, so FRP, very ugly stuff. And we had our shelf, which just stopped right here. And so we covered the FRP, took down the shelf. Whoa. Look at that. In action. Ross's incredible mudding job. So good. So good. Ethan over there doing something. Oh, I'm working hard, baby. 
And then we started throwing up the tile. Ethan, working hard again. Hey, trying to, guys. <laughs> uh, we built it up to this point. Then we rehung the shelf. Well, okay. We, we painted. Then hung the shelf. Oh, yeah. Extended the shelf to the wall, cornered it, and then we hung this mini shelf above uh, where we added the drywall. Can you see my bald spot in that one picture? <laughs> it looks a little light. It's glimmering. It looks a little glimmering. Sorry, Meredith. That's character. It's only, only due time. Yeah, we, we were like, okay, how can we make this week the best it can be? And we're like, okay, let's schedule our work days. <laughs> we'll work from 2 to 10. Thursday to Friday, or Tuesday to Friday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and uh, started at two, went to Home Depot on the first day, got all of our supplies. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> got all of them on the first try. Not. <laughs> and then we got to work at what, like seven that night? <laughs> yeah. After after dinner. <laughs> after dinner. Uh, Every night, the first question is, what are we going to do for dinner tonight? Yeah. Uh, and then we went to 1.30 a.m. the first night. Yep. I think we did 2.30 a.m. the next <laughs> night. <laughs> and then the next two nights were just like midnight. And sure. on the first night, our refrigerator broke. Yeah, the, that big one right there, that black three-bay fridge that holds most of our... All of that milk right there. <laughs> yep. It is not bay anymore. Did I tell you guys that it's working? You got it working? Yeah. I, Good re- job, I rewired the temperature control panel. Oh, you got it, the panel in? Yeah. Did you do some soldering, or is it just plugs? It was all like the ones where you have to unscrew. Twisties. Oh, okay. And then pull them all out and then twist them up and put them back in order. Great. Amazing. I was scared, honestly, but it wasn't, it wasn't that hard. You always got to be on your toes, you know? I know. I was like, I just got to be on. My toes. Uh, <laughs> the, I mean, the hardest part about all of this was just the fact that we were trying to run an operational cafe oh yeah during seven to five so we would get in bring in all of our gear kind of like help we didn't really help close that much i don't want to steal credit but no. we we just try to get out of the closer's way and then also and like bring everything to a center point cover it all cover all the gear with tarps and then, like, you know, after an hour of that, then we could start. And then we would finish our project at, like, 1, one thirty, and then have to clean everything up again. It was rough, but, I mean, I don't really see a better way to do it because... Saved a lot of cash yeah, doing it that way. For sure. Especially, imagine the, the fee of whoever would have helped with it being, like, a night project. The, oh, yeah. The added extra. It seems like an infinity, but, I mean, four days to get that, checks out oh yeah in my sure. head but to be like you know showing people i'm like yeah we worked all week on this and like what do you do and i was like we put up tile and hang hung two shelves <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's harder than that all right it's partly because like every single step along the way has like a 24 hour wait period to be able to do the next thing mm-hmm. so like it i say that but also each part took a long time right so that's a lot of tile it may not seem like a lot but especially that one picture you had of me we went from the ground 
probably like five, six feet up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we did 70, we purchased 75 square feet of tile or something like that, mm. which is, that's no joke. Sounds a lot smaller. I know, but it's a <laughs> lot. It'd be it's super sick, like, to if we would have gone above the shelf, like, just tile the whole way. Would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> so terrible. And really expensive. <laughs> yeah, but awesome, though. I yeah, did think awesome. towards the end, I was like, man, maybe we should have gotten, like, one pack of a different color. Just, like, a strip? Either a strip. Yeah, that would have like been sprinkled. So, that would have been so easy. Just to do a strip. I was in the Home Depot bathroom. Um, nice. Just peeing. Nothing weird. <laughs> it's number one. <laughs> yeah, I was a little in, number uh, one. Action number one. And I look. I look up, and it has you know tile work pretty much everywhere. I feel like it's so funny. Like you know, the Home Depot execs were like, "We got to spend a lot of money on our bathrooms because so many people are coming to Home Depot to make their bathrooms look good." So we want to have a good looking bathroom. <laughs> so it's like a really. I think we, me and my wife were there, and she came out of the bathroom one time. She was like, "That was an amazing bathroom <laughs> experience." Um, but I looked up, and they had an orange ring of tile, and I was mm. like, "It's tight." I see you, Home Depot. You got nice. it. I see you. Yeah, that could have been cool. Maybe we should just maybe take like, some off, tear it, tear it up. Yeah, replace. We've already done it once. Or we could do one strip right above the shelf that no one will see when we have a bunch of stuff behind it. There yes. you go. Totally be worth it. 100%. That'd be cool. Um, sorry about that. Uh, did you share it with me? The doc? Uh, yeah, I emailed it to um, Riley, <laughs> Riley Allstar uh, at yahoo.hotmail.pizza. I shared it. I shared it. I swear I did. I swear. I swear. <laughs> Uh, I can just email. What's it called? Maybe I was already on it. That's, yeah, that you, seems probably business. Whenever you're ready, hey, business space vision slash mission questions. <laughs> I was typing in space <laughs> business vision slash business. No vision. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Sorry, I'm I'm drunk. Where is it? Oh, I'm on the wrong email. Uh-oh. That moment when you're on the wrong email. Oh, man. I'll just... I can email you the link. I'm, I'm still on the wrong email. What's going on here? I don't know. I don't know. Goofin? Goofin? Oh, whoa. There it is. There it is. Hey. Boom. Let's go, bro. Boom, baby. <laughs> Cool. What was the last thing we said before we were looking for this document? We were talking about the reno. Oh, are you talking about like way before? I just mean we're going to edit this part. <laughs> no, we aren't. Uh, he hates editing. I get it. I wouldn't want to. Yeah, edit that's kind of the thing. point of a podcast. It's raw, baby. Uh, all right. So here we are. Did we just want to kind of go through top to bottom? Sure. What if we, yeah, yes. I was saying we could even like revisit. I don't, I think we printed them out and wrote our answers. So those are lost in the ether somewhere. Mm -hmm. They might be in the file. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the legacy folder. Yep. Ooh, yeah. All right. Question one. 
at the end of your day. The end of day. The end of day. When you feel energized and purpose filled, what did you do that day? What sense of accomplishment did you feel? Put those feelings into words. Do you have a specific memory? Share. Sure. Sure. My favorite artist. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe in love after love? Anyways. Uh, all right. Who's, who's got something? Maybe just one person can answer, and then we can move on so we aren't lingering for too long. Well, just really simply, I really love when I have a lot of things to do in a day and I get all of them done. Mm. And then I have to, like time left over also <laughs> to like, you know, either like dream about the future or like work on a fun project like our cart or something. Mm. <gasps> um, and so like that, I think that is part of the magic of this process this document is that the answer does not have to like be the right answer or like, like I can't really apply what I just said to like our core values, except Mm. I can be like, I really like getting things done and Mm. it's like, wow, it can be that simple. But what I can take from that as it relates to this is that I like efficiency. I like, clear communication. I like writing down and looking at, you know, my tasks. It's like, Oh, well we could do that for our employees. Like maybe I value efficiency in that, or maybe I value um, clarity of mission. Right. Yeah. So I would say that that's my answer to that is like having a list of things to do, getting them done and getting them done right. And excellently. With excellence. Beautiful. Question two. In 10 years, what do you want people to say about your company? What do you think people say about your company now? It's a good question. Whoa. This, that's for Big T. Love it. Um, in 10 years, I think this is where we probably came up with the whole mission statement of... Uh, or, you know, the idea of valor being a light of the coffee industry as far as hospitality goes. Um, so that's, that's the main, the main thing that I think of, you know, I want to be a company that treats both our guests and our employees right. Um, and I want, you know, everyone to be able to, to see that. Um, Mm -hmm. like you said, with, um, I know a lot of people think that about Home Depot or um, about, or even like on a different uh, wavelength, the idea of Ritz Carlton, everyone, you know, stopping what they're doing when someone walks by within a 10 foot radius or whatever. Um, those sorts of things are really what matters to me. And then on top of that, I just want people to, I, I want us to have world class coffee. Um, I, I want to be, recognized as as one of the one of the best in the industry and i want to be able to meld those things together because a lot of times that isn't the case Mm -hmm. um what do you think people say about your company now i think we hit a lot of the right things on the the first side Mm -hmm. um i think people 
a lot of times it's just like, man, when you walk in there, like I saw so random on Reddit a few days ago of like people talking about like, uh, you know, what's the, what's the best coffee roaster in Atlanta? And someone responded to it and said something along the lines of like, they were mentioning like Bellwood, Chrome Yellow, and then they were like, uh, Valor and Alpharetta, like they have great beans, um, Whenever you walk in there, uh, they're so nice to you that if you're introvert, introverted, it's a little polarizing or something like that. Yeah. Uh, which I'm just like, yes, that's yeah. great. Um, sorry, introverts. Um, you like it. <laughs> we know you're into that. Uh, but I think, you know, that we, we hit that really, really well. Um, and over the past six months, we've started to hit the coffee thing even for sure way better because, yeah. you know, I think coming from a stance of the three of us had coffee experience. We hired a lot of people who didn't have coffee experience mm-hmm. very intentionally because we wanted to be able to mold people into, uh, you know, very guest focused individuals and build on their values as people before we even hired them. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just worked out best to hire people who didn't have experience now. And, but then we, you know, we kind of ran into this area of, you know, we could be better at latte art. Yeah. We could be better at tasting extraction of espresso. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, fortunately with getting this HQ, having a lab area where people can come and work that we've really stepped forward in that regard. Um, and have someone having someone lead that out yeah. in, in Sam. Absolutely. So we have more time for quality dev. Uh, we have an awesome roaster. I mean, we were on a, a good, a good roaster before, but we just have like, uh, a world class roaster machine. The Ferrari of roasters. Yeah. Now that we're roasting on the Loring, not to say it's perfect. It's not. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's, it's a great machine and we can produce world-class coffee on that thing. And we just keep getting better. I mean, I think literally a part of Sam's job now that he is full-time here instead of splitting time between here and the cafe is sitting down and trying to figure out how to make the coffee taste better and, yep. and literally Googling, you know, like, how to roast specifically to get better extraction and then hopping on all these forums and other people telling him what to do and stuff. So, uh, I think we're actively working towards that side. Um, but traditionally, yeah, I think people are, Oh, Valor love those guys. That's what people say about Valor Mm -hmm. or Valor. Hate those guys behind our backs. Who knows? Yeah. We don't hear, we, we don't hear that one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Great. Ethan. Yep. What are you afraid of our company becoming? I wonder what you would have said uh, in 2019. January 2019. Is that when we did this? Well, yeah. I mean, that was that was probably with the... I, honestly, I bet it might be a similar answer because I was already thinking... One of my biggest fears was bringing on people to the to the environment of the into the team 
not out of like a, I don't want to work with people, but I'm on the flip side, if I was to answer your first question, it was going to be about just like being in a team that accomplishes a, a task with like amazing unity and like a lot of fun, but a ton of focus and efficiency. And I, I always think about like either events that we've crushed together or Saturday mornings that me and the team have just taken down and like had so much fun and everybody was having an amazing time, but drinks were high quality and going out at a rapid pace. So I, I've always wanted to be in a, in a team environment, but I think the thing that I would be afraid of is just losing a sense of intentionality in the space and basically just becoming um, like having an, an inhuman culture, like a very transactional culture after we've established one that is not that. Because I think to lose that is to lose so much of who we are. And growing a company, um, that's like a huge challenge that's like right there, like waiting to overcome you. If you're not putting the proper people in leadership, you're not putting the proper systems in place, you're not hiring the proper people, um, that you can just really lose your sauce. And you can walk into a cafe one day and nobody, nobody's treating you like a human. No one's looking you in the eyes. No one's asking you about your day. And it's just like, dang, I just got, I just, I just went to something that I went to before I started this company. I was like, this is why I want to start this company is to have an environment that's not like that. So that would, that would definitely be a, that'd be a big, big fear of mine. Mm-hmm. Not that I, thankfully live out of that fear but i'm pretty pretty dang aware of it you know it's a good question to ask for sure in this process yeah i don't think a question that was on here i just want to mention this because i was thinking about it before if i couldn't find this i was going to say this to someone else um but i think a question that we came up with when we were we were making some sort of seminar for like conflict resolution or like feedback in the workplace is that when you're upset or you're mad at someone or you're mad at something, that's a really awesome situation to realize what you value. Yeah. Because when you're upset, a value of yours is being stepped on mm. or is being like manipulated or belittled or whatever. So those moments of like stress, anxiety, worry, you can just sit there and hang out and freak out or you can like, go a little deeper and be like, why, why is this the case? And you can figure out what huge motivator in your life for the person you want to be, the business you want to create, the relationships you want to have, blah, blah, blah. So we dealt with that last night when a little, little tiff with my wife. (laughs) Oh, let's go, man. Why, why are we so emotionally charged right now? Mm. Like, you know, you said something that hurt me. I said something that hurt you. Like, we can just look at that and be mad at that or we can sit and be like, okay, why am I so charged up right now? Like mm-hmm. what did you do that compromised my values mm-hmm. right now? That's, that's a great, great philosophy. Mm. Harder than harder to apply than to realize, oh, yeah. of course, especially you know, in the moment, in the moment. <clears throat> um, all right. Well, what, Ross, what do you want to do for people that other companies slash people do not? I'm going to pee while you talk. <laughs>
Sure. I think uh, might pee in the bathroom though. Okay. This is something that the way I'll answer this is kind of weird because it's inspired by companies that do do what I'm saying, but there's a lot of companies that don't do what I'm saying. Well, it's better to point out the good companies than to point out the bad companies. Right. So there is a Shake Shack that just opened down the street from us. And uh, I, so I think my answer is, so it's, it's kind of inspired by them. What I want to do for people is use our expertise, our experience, our prowess um, to benefit people in ways that they don't even notice. And you've talked about this a lot too. Like whenever, uh, whenever you have enough experience in a field, there comes a point where like, if I have enough experience in a field, I can, I can do certain things with maybe the layout of the space or even the colors in the space or, you know, even having all of this like back end structure, mission, vision, and values, those are all things that we wouldn't necessarily like promote or like put in our marketing verbiage. It's like we have a brightly colored space so that when you walk in, you feel so just instantly happy and warm. Like we would never say that, especially on a podcast. Like we would never disclose that. Um, that's a joke because I'm doing it right now. Um, but I want to use our intentionality, our attention to detail, our experience, our professionalism to do things for people that affects their subconscious in a way that really benefits them and benefits us. Um, As opposed to just kind of like back to the construction thing, like we want to be values led. We don't want to just be like convenience led. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be just more convenient to like, in that new space to put the bar against one of the walls. And you could easily just kind of punt on that issue and just be like, save a few thousand dollars. We just need a bar in the space. It's yeah. fine. Like mm-hmm. you make, you take orders and you make coffee. How hard is it? But like, we want to, uh, really value our values. Like, and even if it means spending more money or even if it means delaying the build out or a little bit, whatever the sacrifice is, um. Yeah, I just want to continually develop our our skills and our our mindset and our experience in a way that benefits people in maybe ways that they don't even realize in their conscious mind. Love it. Well said, uh, Riley. What type of people work for your company? Whoa, that used to be hypothetical. Wow. Now That's it's fun. hypo-realical. Yes. Um, man. It's a good question. These are all so good. That is a good question. Uh, I think the people that work for our company are genuine, smart, personable, hungry, humble, awesome. Love that one. Uh I mean, all of the above. Yeah. So when I take a step back and look at how we've hired over the years, like I said just a few minutes ago, 
We have never wanted to just come out and hire for experience. If you want to do that, if you have to do that out of necessity, I totally get it. But we have always wanted to start with a foundation of a person who is just a, you know, a loving, personable, just kind person, and then build the coffee skills on top of that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think the main thing is if you come into our cafe, we never want you to just stand there and wait for your drink. It's always a, this sense of someone reaching out to you, someone being warm to you. Um, and I think we have accomplished that. And I think I would have answered that question with that answer at that point. Something that strikes me just as a little tangent is how unrevolutionary all of these things are that we're saying. Simple truths, man. It's just like, it all sounds so almost uninspiring in a sense. Like, well, you know, you want your employees to be really nice and make sure they pay attention to detail and, you know, and show up on time. And like all of these things are not new concepts whatsoever. Um, but like, it's just interesting that like we shouldn't let that stop us from just like, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Um, and it definitely is not easy to maintain. Like it's one thing to start with a great team, but it, like, what about three years down the road? Kind of like you said, like more locations, more team members, further, you know, like different leaders in the company besides us. Like how do you maintain it? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've just always noticed that about everything in our, you know, culture kind of verbiage is it's none of it is like new or cool or like clever. It's all just like basic try, try hard and be nice and work hard and be good to people. Like it's all just that stuff pretty much. Well, it's one thing to say those things and it's yeah. another thing to build a company around those things. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I've never talked to anyone who's like, I want to hire an employee who's a jerk. Right. Everyone would say that, but it's the attention to detail and going the extra mile within those things and having things that you can fall back on. If you can fall back on to your values uh, and how those relate to you know the person you're hiring or this thing that you're doing mm-hmm. then you can you can truly achieve what you're what you're saying in passing by cementing it into the foundation of the company yeah ethan <laughs> what type of people don't fit in your company hmm, good, good question, question. <laughs> that's honestly a pretty hard question cuz i feel like the whole introvert extrovert thing is kind of bs now like as it as we've developed the brand and having multiple avenues of multiple as in two uh of like where people fit in the company you know we have people that work in hq and we have people that work in the cafe and pardon uh need some coffee but pardon, pardon my progress <laughs> still still fueling <laughs> uh, uh, buffering um yeah even in the cafe we have a lot of introverted people that still love p 
people still love to get wacky. Um, we even have people that are more quiet, but still gifted with being personable and human and loving. I think like uh, Colby, Gavin, uh, others, you know, I, there's people that aren't like just straight freak show, like a Jonathan or Mikey or Sam. Um, freak show in, in a good way. Oh, the best way. The, the way that I thought would be the only way for a while. You know, yeah. Um, so I, I think uh, the biggest differentiator that came to my main, my, my mind is, uh, um. and like a, like a pure, and I don't, I don't even think this can be like a technically a bad thing, but just someone who's very individually driven and very like, I'm here for my own accord, and I'm, I'm not really interested in a team environment. I'm going to lead out in my area and that that's it um and i'm gonna like make sure everyone knows that i did my job right right even if the team fails everyone's gonna know that i still did my job and i'm like dude i don't care even a little bit that you did your thing right the team failed so you failed yeah you know what i mean uh that's the biggest thing that comes to mind i think we put so much uh weight on like feedback so someone who is also maybe like unwilling to seek counsel or listen to counsel or, uh, yeah, just take criticism. Um, that's, that's a tough spot because that kind of vulnerability and transparency to own up to shortcomings is one of the most human things we can do because what, what we, I think what we realized in hiring, um, a little bit ago was like it's not if these people have shortcomings it's just what are they and how can we help them work through it and grow together because if you're not willing to grow past your your weaknesses then you know you're just stuck in the same spot so yeah i think when we've run into that a couple times just someone who's just like not really willing to fess up to their their shortcomings, and that's hard for me honestly that's one of my like I think one of my weakest areas is like just owning up to it corporately that like I have I fell short of some things that I need help. Um, so yeah, that, that's what comes to mind. Anything else for you guys? No. Great. Ross, why do people want to work for Ross? This is a tough one. <laughs> I feel like I could tend to be a little insecure about this one. Like, mm-hmm. I think part of it is because I am so wary. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so weary. I'm so weary and wary of like hypocrisy. True. Like especially having such, you know, like if you sit through our orientation, people are always so jacked, including me after the orientation to be like all right, let's start working. You know, like I just heard about the mission, vision, values. I just heard about like why we're, I'd love to work for a company like this. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, talk to me in a year and see how your actual experience has been and how, like working at Valor compared to mm. what you heard in orientation. That's like one of my biggest, like, man, I hope we're, I hope we're not being hypocritical to people. Like, I know we're not perfect. I know we're not, you know, um, always going to be 
in line with our values and always going to be living it. Like I know we're going to make mistakes. Um, but I, yeah, that, so I, I feel like I can tend to be a little like shifty about this question, Mm -hmm. but I would say all that said, like one of the biggest reasons why people would want to work for us is because their personal values line with our corporate values their personal mission in life aligns with our corporate mission for our company. Um, and then the vision is sort of just something they get behind. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, if, if you work for us and you live that your mission and you live your values, you will get to your, you, you will get to our vision. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. We are on the course. Um, that's kind of the whole point of having mission, vision and values is you can't not hit your vision. If you live out the mission, and uh, values. Um, and so I feel like if someone can come to Valor and what they care about personally, beyond just making money, even though making money, you need to do it. Like you need to make money to live. That's why part, part of why you're working. If you can come to Valor and you can align what you personally care about with your role in the company, and what our corporate mission, vision, and values are, then that's why you'd want to work for us. And that would hopefully be the case anywhere. It, I don't say that like in a we're special way. Mm-hmm. I just say that in like, hopefully that's why you'd want to work anywhere. Um, maybe another reason why people would want to work is to provide for their families <laughs> or provide for their lives. Yeah, I think that is probably a huge driver yeah, the biggest driver, I would say, even um, for for people that work. That's always a big. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what the right word is, but it's it's interesting to grapple having people come work at Valor and they start making exponentially more than they were making, and then there's people that come work at Valor that were making that are now making a lot less, yeah, than they were. And I think those two big reasons, they kind of like flip-flop, you know. Someone might take a less-paying job just to work for a values alignment kind of opportunity. And then someone just needs to make more money, but they happen to be awesome and they also align with our values. Right. I'm dead, guys. This is crushing me. I don't know about you, but I'm like getting worked up. Are you getting teary-eyed? I'm, I'm, I'm getting. What's it called? Like glossy or my eyes? Glassy. Glassy. Eyes are glazing You're... over. <laughs> no, it's the opposite. Of that. <laughs> no, this is just really good. It's stuff. great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, our first, maybe our first cry on the podcast today. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe don't. we could include a free PDF of uh, this in the show notes. Hey, yeah. We'll get to yeah. that big T. Thank you. All right. Yeah, we'll do. T, <laughs> what uh what other companies do you respect and emulate? Ooh, good question. Oh man. I haven't seen emulate spelled out in a while. What's up? What's up, emulate? Emulator. Uh yeah. So I'll I'll kind of just bullet point them out and then we can maybe talk about each of them. Um at this point I think we would have said Cat and Cloud. Ritz Carlton, uh, Arthur Blank family of businesses, uh, so Home Depot, 
Falcons, Atlanta United, uh, PGA, PGA Superstore. Super <laughs> Mostly the PGA Superstore. Yeah. yeah. You walk in there, man, it's inspiring. Woo. Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys got any other ones off the top of your head? From 2019? Yeah. Maybe Base Camp? Base Camp. Um, hmm. 2019. Were we, were we, we're probably talking about Ford Fry. Yeah. Yeah. For Maybe sure. like the White House, you know, just like that entity and as in, in general. Mostly their food and bev program. <laughs> yeah. The food and bev program of the U.S. government. Of just the, the U.S. government. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Sorry. Um, yeah. So to kind of break those down, Cat and Cloud and their podcast turned us on to a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Sure. Um, and that was a big part of it. The way that they treat people and want to be more than a coffee company was pretty revolutionary for us. Um, so thank you, Chris, Jared, and Chuck. Chuck. Chuck Jack. Um, Thanks for that one time we talked on the phone, Chuck. Yeah, that was awesome. I appreciate you, bro. Um, so that's them. Ritz Carlton. A lot of that came from a book. Um Excellence Wins. Excellence Wins by Horst Schultz. Uh, must read. Mm, it's good. If you're starting a service-focused business. Um, a lot of what they believe in going the extra mile. So quick little story from Horst. Horst Schultz. Yeah. So a family was on vacation at a Ritz-Carlton. And... One of the children left their. Um, you guys remember what it was called? Like what the kid left? Yeah, what the stuffed animal was. I think it was a toy monkey. Uh-huh. Let's let's call him George. Uh, curious? Was yeah, he curious? Yeah, for sure. So I think it might have actually been Georgie. Hey, we'll call we'll call it Georgie. So kid leaves Georgie, and um, the dad says, you know. In a frantic, because the kid won't sleep without Georgie at home. So he he's he's emailing or calling Ritz Carlton. Can you did you find Georgie? Yes, we did. Uh, okay, we're t- we're telling him that Georgie's on vacation still. He's taking extended vacation. Would you care to you know take a picture of Georgie beside the pool? And they were like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So they take a picture of Georgie by the pool. They take a picture of Georgie in the spa with cucumbers on his eyes. They take a picture of Georgie doing playing golf or something. They just have all of these very specific Georgie moments, and that that that's just a a defining point of going the extra mile to be an excellent company. Uh, I mentioned earlier that if someone walks within a ten foot radius of a freaking janitor, they pick up their broom and look at the person. How you doing? It's just very focused on the guest and how you can make the guest happy. And uh, lastly, um, the Arthur Blank family of businesses. So a story there uh, that Arthur loves to tell. Like oh, Arthur, um, we you know they they had a a woman who brings in a set of tires and she's really upset at home depot yes at home depot and she said these tires suck i want to return them 
they're pieces of crap. The person at the customer service stand is just like, okay, sounds good. Uh, we're going to give you a store credit. Home Depot has never sold tires a day in their existence. And they just, you know, did this to go the the extra mile with this woman. I'm just going to tell you, if you bring tires to Valor, we're not, we're not giving you anything. Uh, but I think that's a, a great example of... Um, Give you a drip. Yeah. Uh, what we learned from that is sometimes people get a little out of hand. And at the end of the day, what's the point in the argument? Just make the interaction a good one. Call it a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you can flip, a, flip an upset guest into a happy guest, that I think that that shows you're doing something right. Um, and I think we've done that many times. Where if we make a mistake, you know, we fix the mistake, and then we also do this to make it a great experience. Um, did I say any other ones? Basecamp, Basecamp just treats their. I mean, in 2019. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't say anything about what's happened at Basecamp specifically because I'm not a part of it. But I know that they had a chunk of employees um, quit, unfortunately. Um, but mm-hmm. at that point, you know, we knew that they treated their employees really well. And the credit card thing, right? They gave. Yeah, just like you know, their employees would have a company credit card, and they'd be like, "Just be responsible with this." You know, mm-hmm. and no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Um, they would pay for not not only you you wouldn't only get paid vacation; they would pay for your vacation, things like that. I mean, things we would love to do, and honestly, just can't because <laughs> we're a service sell, industry business. Sell a couple more coffees, yeah. <laughs> we push more lavender vanilla lattes, and maybe we're talking. Come on, um, but that, that influenced how we how we viewed our our employees a lot. Um, and then you guys got any to add to the list? Like currents? Yeah. Any that we picked up along the way? You guys should talk about that. Well, I go number one. Hey, cool. Well, uh, well, the next question is kind of related. So what if I asked you that? Shoot. Unless you had a... No, I'm, I'm honestly, I you know, I see the questionnaire here and I knew that, you know, I'm next. That question's going to be next. And I was like, the... Yeah. I. So why don't you read the question? The question is, what are other companies focusing on in your industry that drives you crazy? Which is like maybe not the best question to a- answer on this pod. On this pod. Well, it, it's not even... For, I mean, for me, at least, it's not... I'm not even in that wheelhouse of knowing what to say at this point. Because if anything, you know, thinking back, Riley was talking about his trip to Nashville and he was talking about like the service experience in all these shops that we used to be like, whoa, that's the opposite of what we want to be like, totally 180. And if anything, I feel like I haven't been to a ton of shops lately. I think that's something, a rhythm I need to get back into is going to other shops. But it's like, I don't know, I think Things seem to be trending in a healthy direction. And someone I know was just applying to another coffee shop in town and they were talking about all the like benefits they offer and like kind of that like pay for your hobbies stuff. And I was like, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like people are trying to bring in cool coffees. Everybody's on like the 
ethical coffee game pretty strong. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are moving to roasting their own coffee, which is cool. It's I don't think that makes you any better or worse. It's just interesting. Yeah. Um, I'll say something. Sure, 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 sure. And it's uh, this is not like a uh, we're on the high horse, we have it figured out, and everybody else sucks kind of statement. It's more of like this is a problem I see, and I also don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. So again, back what are other companies focusing on in your industry that drives you crazy? I uh, sometimes I walk into places and I can tell that they had a. This isn't even in our industry. This is just like probably food service in general. Um, I walk into somewhere and it's maybe a new place, and I'm like, I can tell you guys had a lot of money when you built this out. And you, you know, you more or less got everything you wanted with the build out. You got the materials you wanted. You got the layout you wanted. You got the gear you wanted. Mm. Um, you got the paint color. You know, whatever it is. But and I walk in and I'm just like, man, this this doesn't feel like it has soul to it though. Mm. Like I, there's something. I, I think for the most part, it's the people that give a place soul. However, I do think the build out. And like the design choices and the furniture and the all of those little details actually do give a place a sense of I don't know like realness and just like vibe again. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the places that has the most soul for me is Ticonderoga Club in Atlanta, and their build out is. Very unique, but I think one reason it has soul is it just they have like pictures of like WWE wrestlers on the wall, and like it's very eclectic. And there's just like live, laugh, love, you know, signs on the wall or whatever. It's not cool, but it is cool because it's them Mm -hmm. in the bathroom. They have wallpaper that is like a scientific chart from the like 50s of different animal feces. (laughs) <laughs> like it's like lemur stool and then it's like raccoon stool and it's just like that how do you how do you describe that you know like and, and the reason i say uh we don't have it figured out is i think our cafe has a lot of soul because we were on such a tight budget and so like the place you could really tell that like we did it that like we didn't hire a designer we didn't hire anyone we didn't have like a ton of money to play with you know um it doesn't just look like a coffee shop should look it Mm -hmm. just kind of looks like we did it and that's part of it looks great by the way boys i'm not saying it looks bad but we uh, get it it's uh do you guys know what i'm saying absolutely and i would say like especially with a lot of restaurants that are opening that just have these absolutely immaculate designs you know Mm -hmm. there's perfect curves in the bar and it it, everything is just so perfect how can you be perfect but also still have like a sense of relatability and like Mm. salt of the earth kind of like uh unique there's all these words that i'm searching for and it's hard for me to describe it but i would say that drives me crazy in our industry in a sense of like, we're about to 
maybe sign a lease today on a new space. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this, like how do we make our next cafe have soul, have like, Mm -hmm. you know, like real kind of like, oh, this isn't, this is just a big corporate chain now. Like how do we avoid that? Um, Do we just need to like limit our budget and be like, (laughs) let's force ourselves to do like a crappy build out. So like, that's obviously not the answer. That's funny because I mean, you know, wouldn't it be awesome to get a space in a really high traffic area and spend $2 million on a build out? Like it could look sick and we could do all of the things we've ever dreamed of, but you totally have a point. It's like, what, what is the, what is the end there? And and how does that make people feel? And I, you know, we always have to frame these things because this, this page is very specific to us individually but that's how it makes you feel, I guess. And that's how it makes me feel too, just to be clear. But when we step back, I guess we have to think, how does the public feel? How, mm-hmm. do, how, do, how does our tar- target audience feel when they come into our space? Because sure. a lot of people love to go into those places just because of the immaculate situation. Right. The um, photo ops. Because of the photo ops. But what if they had the photo ops combined with how we treat people? Sure. Mm-hmm. Then is it is it good? Is the... Is it, the um the appeal not just in the like you know us on tight budget building it out it's it's how our our pit crew specifically is is treating people plus an insane yeah look in there when i think about the the build outs that i love the most the common denominator throughout all of them is they're unique Mm -hmm. they are just so on brand for whoever is there like mm-hmm. like again with ticonderoga club like i've never it's it's themed like a old wooden new england scummy bar with all of these like random things on the walls and you know like there's like uh what do you call that there's like pirate stuff going on <laughs> booty there's pirates booty yeah um everywhere uh and i think the reason i love that is not because it's like trendy it's just because it's timeless because it's them like it's just them and i also think about like kimball house like their their vibe is like kind of kimball house is a restaurant in atlanta it's really like french but like still like dark lighting and there's like you know mounted uh taxidermy yeah like a mounted like links on the wall or whatever and it's all just so perfect and it is probably expensive too but it's them and uh and they treat you well yes and they treat you well but there's some places where it's just like let's hire a designer to kind of give like a mid-century modern vibe and call it a day like that'll look cool um i don't know maybe no one else cares about this no i think I think a lot of people care about yeah. this and there's something to just story too like when when you're removed when like the company itself is removed from the design process there's no reason why you know why why did you get this thing why do the colors you have in the space matter why do you have the tables laid out like this um but just involvement in the process there's intentionality there's story and it's even cool seeing um, the way that we bring a team into the space and they make it their own too. You yeah. know, 
like uh, people putting little knick-knacks around and, and stuff like that that's very special to them. Um, and I think about like no shade to the co-working community, but like a co-working space is supposed to be like the opposite of that where it's like, it's just a really well-designed like canvas for you to go and work in. Sure. But where, where are the, the people in that space? And so it has to reflect the values once again. Yeah. Um, that's a great point. I'm glad you said that. I remember talking about that and I still haven't really gotten that conversation out of my head. Um, but yeah, it does make you, it doesn't make me scared per se, but like it just realize makes me realize that if we want this company to be at the same caliber or whatever, like intentionality that it is, it just, it just means that we have to be a part of it, you know, and we yeah. need to be in, um, and, and bring other people, part of the team into the process of designing a space talking about it, arguing about it, um, because we have seven core values and there's going to be motivations for different ideas that enhance uh, and, and kind of diminish the, your same set of sure. seven core values. And I think we've gotten to that place a lot, you know, saying, like, oh, I, this, if we do this, this is details matter. But oh, it's like, no, but if we do this, this is uh, get your freak on, you know? Yeah. Um, so creating a balanced space like that, that has personal touches. It's huge. Super huge. It's huge. It's huge. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, you got it, man. Woo. Let me I, know next time you want me to say a cool thing. I think for this last one, um, what's your personal mission statement? Uh, I don't know mine off the top of my head and I'm not going to delve into that here. Um, just come up with your own, uh, you know, in whatever format you want to. Like if I was going to be really surface level right now, just off the top of my head, I would just say, I want my life to be dedicated to helping people. Um, and I could sit down for 30 minutes and make that more immaculate and specific and whatnot. But uh, if if at the end of the day, I, I feel energized when I help someone um, in, in some facet of their life, make it better. Um, so... You know what's what's your mission statement, yeah. listeners? Do you have something? Not right now. I'm trying to think of it. I was trying to think about what I wrote in 2019, and I remember saying something about like I always want my life to be a, like a shelter for people going through all different walks of life that can come and like find refuge and like uh peace in in my presence or in my life so that there can kind of be this like walls down moment uh for for people so offering sure. like a uh i don't know what the word is but just like a space for people to not have to worry about Choice, word choice or whatever and they can they can showcase themselves and realize that they're they're loved yeah i think both of you guys are really good at your respective mission statements i would say mine just off the top of my head would be like help like bringing out the gold in other people like i think we were all created to be someone 
and like we were all created differently and with unique giftings and unique quirks and often like insecurity and you know position in life or like mindset stops us from being who we are created to be and i think we like we need each other to bring out the gold in each other and kind of like speak against the lies and the insecurity and whatever it is that's like capping our potential. So I feel like I want to do that for other people, like help people become who they were supposed to be um, and overcome whatever it is that is, you know, putting a wet blanket on them or like um, kind of, I don't know, constricting them. You do it, buddy. You do it. You do it big time. Thanks. Uh, I mean, you guys want to talk about our values and how we kind of picked them from this? I, 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 I do want to leave space for, you know, the aspiring entrepreneur to come up with their own. So yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you guys ripping ours just because they're, they're here for you. Right. Yeah, and I don't um, know if we talked about that, but we we definitely did that to start. And I, there's a starting place, you know, for everybody. So, you know, we took took some from different companies and applied them and realized that some work, some don't. And but I think walking through this and spending time like removing ourselves from uh other cultures or other people helps us find what was Within us all along. Maybe it'd be cool to, to say a few, but I kind of like leaving it there, like leaving it to where you have the the questions that can get you to your values, but maybe we could just say like a few. What if we say uh, uh, all of our favorite ones or one that's go. been speaking to us lately? Sure. I can start. Awesome. Right. Mine is details matter. Uh, I'll, I'll just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this word for word. Please. So this is our our document that we give our new employees that that they can live by and they look at all the time. (laughs) Um, Details matter is all about intentionality. Everything we do is on purpose. We take time to pay attention to the little things because they matter. We look at our daily operations with fresh eyes and we don't let details blend into the mundane day-to-day rhythms. A details matter culture is greater than the sum of its parts. (laughs) Our product will tank if we don't consistently pay attention to the details. The details about our guests and associates matter too. Noticing and remembering the details about someone makes them feel known and loved. So one of my favorite details is our first timer sticker. So it's something we totally don't have to do. We get them from a company who's able to do fun things with a sticker that makes them sparkle, and they're kind of expensive. And we give them out all the time, and we constantly place reorders, but they make people feel so awesome. Um, it's just something you don't see very often. We I think we got this idea kind of. We we started with um, we just we just we just ripped it from Disney World straight up. Um, what do they do? They, I'm pretty sure if you go to Disney for the first time, you get a button that says, oh, okay. my first time at Disney. Nice. Like, kids wear them. Or when it's their birthday, like, if they go to Magic Kingdom, they get, like, a tiara. And 
you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. You just feel special. Yeah. It just, it just makes them feel special and it's totally, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't immediately and day to day reflect in the bottom line, but you know, over time it does and people never forget that. But that's like, I mean, someone posts that on their the Instagram story every single day in Tags Valor. You know, like I got a first timer sticker. This is crazy. Mm. It's just a coffee shop. Yeah, it's like crazy that they would do this. Like yeah. that's kind of the whole point. Yep. Um, that's one. Uh another fun one is we used to give people like the straw in the wrapper on top of the drink. And then we just noticed people would be awkward with their wrappers. Like they wouldn't know where to put it or they wouldn't want to walk to the trash or they'd hold it for a while. No one ever said anything to us about it, but we were just like, you know what? We should start buying straws in bulk without wrappers so we can just pop it right in there and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, last, the last sentence there, noticing and remembering the details about someone makes them feel known and loved. So, whenever a guest comes in and says, yeah, I'm going to Six Flags this weekend. And that's on a Friday. (laughs) On Monday, when you ask them, how was Six Flags? They're they're like, oh, you remembered. Yeah. Or my my favorite is always when someone from out of town comes to our space and then we don't see them for eight months and they come back in. We're like, Blake. Like, how do you know my name? Yeah, that's, that's fun. Uh, someone just told me yesterday, Elijah, that um, a guy who he, he comes in maybe monthly, maybe a little more than that. Um, he came in and was waiting in line behind a group of girls who were at the point of sale, and they were like really chatting it up, and like you know, there's like six of them, and so they're like taking taking their time, each person having to put in their order and figure it out, and so. This guy kind of looked like he was in a rush. And so while they were still ordering, Elijah remembered his drink and made it and then was like walked around the group and was like, Michael? And he's like, Me? He's like, yeah, Michael, here's your here's your drink. He was like, Is this a latte? Mm-hmm. Is it skim milk? Yeah. Is it a triple shot? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know? So awesome. And that's not us. That wasn't us. That was yeah. someone else that is living out details matter while we're sipping Mai Tais on the beach. <laughs> Boom, baby. Boom, baby. Uh, Ross, how about you, man? I would say uh, my favorite one, It's I can't tell if it's hunger for growth or challenge the status quo, but um, kind of like we mentioned, maybe I'll figure it out as I'm talking about it. Uh, I guess it is challenge the status quo. Um, because as we mentioned earlier, Sam here at the roastery is, has kind of transitioned into being our, our lead, you know, our main roaster. Um, and part of his job is to like constantly look at how we do things and figure out why we do it that way and then maybe improve it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, right now, he is testing. So we we nitro flush our bags. And if you don't know what that means, it's so interesting, and I'm going to explain it right now. We infuse the bag before we seal it with nitrogen. And the nitrogen gas dispels the oxygen. Oxygen is the enemy of any perishable product. The more oxygen you have with a perishable product, 
the less it's going to last or the, the shorter amount of time it's going to last. Um, and so when you put nitrogen in the bag before you seal it, you, you blow nitrogen in there and then you suck it all out. And so then there's only nitrogen left and then you seal it. And so there's no oxygen in there. And so he is testing how well does that actually work? Cause like, it's one thing to like Google how, is nitrogen flushed coffee better? Is it worth it or whatever? But he's taking a bag of coffee, like a bag of free throw nitro flushing it, putting it on the shelf and letting it sit for 90 days, which is how long like our shelf life is at whole foods with nitro flush and comparing a freshly opened 90 days later, nitro flush bag to a coffee that was roasted five days ago at its peak and just cupping the two of them and tasting. We'll have to report back. Um, so I'm, I'm just so excited to like, to know these things. Like it's one thing to just, there's just so many different areas of our company that we should be testing and like having a critical eye to and questioning why we do it this way. Um, there's a way to be not helpful in this category whenever, you're just questioning something just to question it. And, um, you know, the most negative way to say it is complaining without a solution. Um, and so we're, we're trying to, you know, complain about something or look at something with a critical eye, but just kind of come behind that and be like, how can we do it better? Um, and so, yeah, challenge the status quo has been really speaking to me lately because we're kind of building out Sam's new role as like lead challenge the status quo or, Nice. What about you, Ethan? Uh, probably put empathy into action. Um, I think what's this is to me one of the most like. I mean, all of these do a really good job, but they're the most like value-based values in that. And why I said that was like we never really gave the flip side of what it means to not be a values-based company, but it's basically to be like a, a policy-based company where it's like we, we're just going to tell you everything to do and not to do. Yeah, that's good. A values-based company says, learn these seven things or like learn these three things or how many core values you are and just operate out of that and we'll trust you to like make the right decision. Because if someone, like, it, so I say that because put empathy in action is so custom, it's so individual that everybody who's going to be coming into our space is going to be un, a unique human being. Uh, and they're going to have different needs. And to have empathy is to put their shoes on. We're going to take their shoes and we're going to put them on. And figure out how we can meet those specific needs. Now I've got your Dude, shoes. I thought of the same thing. <laughs> and I've got your shoes. Thank you. We are kings, kings of, of Leon. Leon. Um, yeah. So it's like I we can't just be like, okay, so when a pregnant mom comes in, make sure that you do X, Y, Z for her to make her feel good. When a mom with a stroller comes in, make sure you go get the door for her. 
when a businessman comes in, you need to make sure that you're doing this to meet his needs. You talk less and you give him a black drip coffee. Yeah. When uh, teenagers come in, you need to talk to them like this. It's like you can't say Stan a yeah, lot. Yeah, say Stan, bussin', no cap, <laughs> stuff like pill, that. Pill, base yeah, and pill. Base and pill, okay? <laughs> Push and pee, come on. So this is, uh, it's just like you have to live it out. You can't just follow policy. Um, and to see, you know, stories like the whole details matter slash put empathy in action play with the guy in the latte in line. You know, that was a very specific need. And he had, and Elijah had to rely on the details that he has taken to memory. But he also had to like apply those, you know. It's a very like application-based value of our company. Um, and the team just does that so well. I mean, when people come in with like, People come in on their bachelor parties, bachelorette parties the day before their wedding, right before they have a kid, right after someone uh, passes away or they, they put their dog down at the vet next door or they're coming in for a funeral or they're going to a wedding. Like there's so many different reasons people come in that are weighty. And when we're able to see that specific person and like apply a specific love to them, that that is like... Um, unique and intentional uh you just can't beat it you can't replicate it you can't a coffee shop down the street can't do it because they're not where you are in your building with your same people right Mm. so that's that's what i think that's amazing uh we got anything else to say Based, a good good based show, build. Yeah, yeah. Um, what we got coming up? You guys got anything on your mind? We might sign a lease today. That's a big one. We'll we'll keep you all in the loop on that, dude. Report back in in ninety days about the the shelf life thing. You got it. Uh, I will based and pill do that. <laughs> Push and pee. Homie. Yeah, I uh, stand. Rebrand. It's coming. I mean, it's coming. We were gonna we were gonna have a barista party on march 4th for all of our baristas uh in the atlanta and expand expanded area to come and uh and and see it first um but i think we might just push it back a week so march 11th will probably be that and then march 14th will probably be the rebrand launch Cool. Um, we're just waiting. Uh, you know, the supply chain. Am I right? Oh. <laughs> You're right. You are so right. Um, so, but it's it's coming. It's coming quick. Uh, Matcha Madness. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we just take the entire month of March and we do matcha stuff. We dedicate it to matcha. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're doing some cool stuff, some giveaways with our friends Mazuba. Uh, my Zuba. It's gonna be awesome. Your Zuba is my Zuba. We're gonna have a T-shirt. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Wow. It's it says I survived matcha madness, <laughs> dude. That's so awesome. Yeah. Isn't that such a great like showcase of values though? Like we didn't come up with the term matcha madness. Oh, it was so organic from like, the team. Mm, yeah, and that just is like a a product of people being themselves in the workplace. And like, you can only achieve that by like treating people well. Like Mm -hmm. somebody probably just randomly was like, matcha madness, let's go. (laughs) 
And then it just became like a meme. Yeah. Yeah. Total meme. Total, Total meme, meme moment. Uh, matcha meme moment. My matcha meme moment. <laughs> uh, we got that. Oh, today's Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Oh, yeah. It's 2 22 22. We're selling cortados and cappuccinos for $2.22. When you guys are listening to this, it won't be Tuesday anymore. So hopefully sorry. you made it. Hopefully you made it. Got your. Your cheap Tato. Run, don't walk to the nearest Valor. Cheap. Why do they call them caps? Why don't they call them Puccinos? Puccinos? Yeah. Because that is terrible. That's why. Dude. It's awesome. Come on. Cap. Um, on cap? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so some exciting stuff coming up. But yeah. um, I think we might have another guest on the podcast next week. I'm going to check in with him to see if he can make it. Who? But uh, tell No, him. we can't tell. Just mouth it. No. <laughs> YouTube listeners only. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't read out. lips for anybody. All right, who, that's fine. That's fine. I think he said uh, Brooke Brooke Shields, the actress. Uh, uh, Blake Lively. Actually. Blake. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. All right. So yeah. Awesome. Good one. Love you, boys. Thanks for listening. Love you. Love you. Like, comment, share. Like, comment, share. Rate, Love you. Review.